Hey there, this is Pastor Corey, and welcome to the Branch Life Podcast. After you're done listening, I invite you to connect with us at branchlife.church to make sure you're up to date with everything going on at Branch Life. Want to share what you heard today? Subscribe to our YouTube channel and share this video with someone you want to encourage. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope that this presentation helps you connect with Christ and challenges you to reach those around you with the good news of Jesus. Hey everybody, thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Josh, I'm one of the pastors here at Branch Life, and we are in week two of our Daniel series, uh, where we're talking about leaning into your faith during uncertain times, and we hope that this series will encourage you into into faith, into a deeper walk of faith as we go through this incredibly challenging and unique time in all of human history. So I'm excited today for what God has to speak to all of us in these moments that we have. Before we get there, though, I want to say happy Mother's Day to all the moms that are listening wherever you are. It is a COVID Mother's Day, and we hope that today is a special day for you, that you get to spend some great time with your family, even if it's Uh, at a social distance or through a screen. And we are so thankful for moms. Uh, What you guys do and what you are doing during this season is incredible. You've all become uh, homeschool moms and on top of all the other responsibilities, you are the superheroes of today. So thank you, moms. Now I have a challenge for all of the kids who are watching, and this is our kids' challenge for the day. So kids, if you're listening, here's what we would like you to do today. During our worship time together, I want to encourage you to run around your house and find something that you want to give to your mom and present to her on this special Mother's Day. It's right. It's a gift that's already somewhere laying around your house. So we want you to find a gift to grab it, to bring it to your mom and say happy Mother's Day and give her a huge hug. Maybe you've got a stuffed animal of yours that you want to transfer to your mom. Maybe her favorite fruit or vegetable is sitting in the kitchen right now. Maybe there's a flower that you can pick off of your neighbor's flower bush and you can bring it to your mother in this moment. We'd love you to do that. I'm going to take the challenge right now. Let's see what I have. All right. So if I was running around my house and I found these oranges, I would be able to bring them to my mom and say, orange you glad it's Mother's Day, I love you. And you present your impromptu gift to your mom. Now here's the challenge. What we want to do is we want you to take a picture with your mom, with your special guest, uh, a special gift, and, and do a hashtag Happy Mother's Day. Send it at Branch Life Church. And we want to see a lot of great pictures with moms, with their kids, and their impromptu gift, whatever it is you decided to give your mom that was just laying around the house. So we can say Happy Mother's Day to all our moms today. So that is our kids' challenge. We hope you enjoy it. Don't forget, hashtag Happy Mother's Day and and tag Branch Life Church wherever you post this on Instagram or on Facebook and you can follow us there and see all of these pictures 
that we'll post in our stories and pass along to you. So happy Mother's Day to all of our moms. Well, if you have your Bibles, let's go to Daniel chapter 2. We're going to dive into this part of Daniel, and it'll be an encouragement to you today. Let me pray as we get started in our Bible study here together this morning. Dear God, Heavenly Father, uh, we pray that your word would come alive to us today, that you would use it to encourage us, to challenge us, and to help us all to take a step forward in our faith. Wherever we are in our spiritual journey, God, we pray that you would use this in our time and in our lives today. We thank you for moms. Help them to have a special day today. In your precious name we pray. Amen. So how many of you have trouble sleeping? How many of you, it's uh, if something stressful happens, it affects your sleep patterns? You know, the rule of thumb that they tell us is that we're supposed to get at least eight hours of sleep. And that's just for us grown-ups. Kids are supposed to get nine to ten hours of sleep. But I don't know a lot of people that that actually happens for. Today, uh, we're going to be learning about a king who couldn't sleep. This king was having a challenge sleeping because it turns out that God was actually interrupting his sleep. And hey, for kings, when you're under stress, yeah, sleep is one of the first things to go. And that's true for all of us right now. I would I would imagine that all of us might be having trouble sleeping, whether we're leading a business or a family, whether we're concerned about our health or just worried about tomorrow. We live in uncertain times, and that might be affecting even our sleep. But what we're talking about during this series is having faith in uncertain times. And one of the things I want to encourage you about is your faith in God can carry you through this time and give you a peace and an ability to rest that, yes, even causes you to have a good night's sleep in the midst of turmoil. So in Daniel chapter 2, now what I want to do is I want to encourage you that you read all of Daniel chapter 2 for yourself at some point. It's a pretty long chapter and we're not going to have time to read through the entire thing here today, but I want to tell you the story of Daniel chapter 2. So grab your popcorn, you know, get comfortable and let's listen to the story of Daniel chapter 2 and you can read this for yourself and we'll dive in throughout our talk to some specific verses as we go on. But in Daniel chapter 2, we come into some incredible characters in an incredible setting. Daniel chapter 2 takes place in Babylon. Now, Babylon is like the New York City of ancient times. It's a gorgeous city. It's a huge city. It's got ziggurats that are, are buildings that look like steps of pyramids. It's got temples to all kinds of different gods. It's even got hanging gardens that are a wonder of the world. It was the place to be if you lived in ancient times. And the king of this place was a man named Nebuchadnezzar. He was the king and the ruler of all Babylon. And you can imagine that there was some challenging stuff that was interrupting his sleep. And one night Nebuchadnezzar couldn't sleep because he was plagued by the same terrible dream. And this dream really bothered him. And every time he would get some sleep, this dream would come back to him. And it bothered him so much that even in the middle of the night, he called around for him, the counselors, the wise men, the magicians of the day. And he said to them, tell me what this dream means. Well, Nebuchadnezzar wasn't dumb. You don't become the king of Babylon by being dumb. This man was pretty smart. And he knew that if he told these counselors what his dream was, that these guys might make up an answer. 
How many times have you done that? You woke up in the morning, you came back down, you said, yo, you got to hear about my dream. And you tell the people the dream. And then your kid is like, you know what? That probably means, and you know, they're making this stuff up on the fly. That's what Nebuchadnezzar didn't want his counselors to do. So what he said is, not only do I want you to tell me what my dream means, the one that's causing me not to sleep, but I want you to tell me what my dream was. You see, the challenge that he gave them was to tell them the dream and the interpretation. That's an impossible challenge. So these guys uh, couldn't answer the king, and he became frustrated, and he became upset. What kind of wise man are you? What kind of magician are you that you can't tell me my dream and my interpretation? And this king became so upset and so irate, he was so disturbed that he said, if you wise men cannot tell me my dream and its interpretation, you will all be executed. Not just you, but every leader, every counselor, every wise man and magician in the, in the city of Babylon. Now in Daniel chapter 1, we learned that Daniel and his friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, had become the most outstanding youths that were brought from Jerusalem to Babylon. And they were given a place of honor. Guess what that place was? They were raised to the level of wise men. They were counselors to the king. So when the king threatened to have all the wise men killed, that included Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You see, this story just became a story of life and death. There's another character in the story, and this is the character of Arioch. Now, Arioch was the captain of the guard. And again, the captain of the guard of the greatest city in the world is not some wimpy guy. So I have trouble with the word Arioch. It doesn't make sense to me. So let's just call him Arnold because he was the Terminator. And Arnold was the guy that was tasked by the king to kill, the to kill all of the wise men and the magicians all of the soothsayers and the dream tellers because they failed the king. And so Arnold set out on his mission. And in Daniel chapter two, we are told that Arnold, the Terminator, came face to face with Daniel. Now there was something about this relationship that was special because Arnold did not kill Daniel. Daniel spoke to Arnold and said, hey, what's going on? And Arnold said, all of you guys are to be executed. And Daniel asked permission of the Terminator to have an audience with the king. He said, would you give me an appointment with the king and give me a chance to tell the king his dream? And Arnold said, yes. Immediately, Daniel gathered with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they did something that's incredible in this story, in this life or death moment. They gathered together and they prayed with each other. They prayed with each other. It's one of the earliest recorded prayer meetings that we have in the Bible. When their lives were in danger, when they were in an uncertain circumstance, when they didn't know what was coming up, they stopped and they prayed. It's a powerful moment that we're going to revisit in just a couple of minutes. While they prayed, God gave Daniel the dream and the interpretation of the dream. And then Daniel praised God. And we're going to look at that in a second because he answered their prayer and gave them the dream. Daniel then goes before Nebuchadnezzar, the Terminator's right behind him, and he stands in front of the king. And this is life or death. And the king says to Daniel, Daniel, 
Can you tell me the dream? And Daniel says, no, I can't. But my God can. God is the one who reveals mysteries. And through God, Daniel told the king, the king of Babylon, his dream and the interpretation of his dream. You see, the king was having a dream about a statue, and the statue was made up of different metals. The the head was made of gold, the chest of bronze, the legs iron, and then the feet of iron and clay. And there was in this dream this giant statue, and a hand reaches out and grabs stone from a mountain and threw it at the statue, and the statue is hit by this large rock, and it crushes the feet and the legs, and the rest of the statue crumbles to the ground. And Daniel says to the king, this statue represents the, your kingdom and the kingdoms that will follow. Yours is the kingdom of gold. And then there will be after you a kingdom of silver and then of bronze and then of iron and then iron and clay. But all of these kingdoms will fall to a more powerful kingdom that is special and then that is divine. When Nebuchadnezzar hears the dream and the interpretation of the dream, he hears about the future crumbling of his kingdom. He reacts by worshiping God. And then Daniel is promoted to one of the key leaders in the entire empire of Babylon. That's Daniel chapter 2. And when you read this story for yourself over this next week, you will find all kinds of encouraging, interesting, challenging sections that I want you to dive in and I don't want you to miss. But today, what we've said through the series is we're going to boil down every one of our talks on a Sunday to one truth, to one principle that comes from these stories that can help you right now, that can carry you through this time. Now, there's many principles here, but one of the main truth principles that we learn from the book of Daniel is simply this. God is in control of those who are in control. God is in control of those who are in control. You think about the king of of the entire empire of Babylon, and you think about what his dream is, the whole point of that dream. Yeah, it's interesting to talk about what each of those medals represented and what kingdoms they are and when those kingdoms crumbled. It's interesting to, to think about that, but really, Daniel and the king didn't know the specifics. All they knew was this main idea that God is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, that God is the one who sets up kingdoms and empires and tears them down. God is the one that puts our authority in their place and removes them from that place. And God is the one who will ultimately be the King of the universe, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, the one who's in control of those who are in control. And that is true for everyone, everywhere, and every time. Whether you believe in God or whether you don't, God is still in control of those who are in control. Now, we're in uncertain times. And you have the option or the opportunity to say, all right, am I going to lean into my faith? Or am I going to lean away from my faith? Am I going to have confidence in my relationship with God? Or am I going to push God away? If you believe in God, 
If you have faith in God, the God of the Bible, the God of the universe, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, then this truth will transform your life. And Daniel is a living demonstration of that. You see, when we believe that God is in control of those who are in control, it transforms our words, our actions, our emotions, and our forever. Let me show you a couple of ways that this is transformed in us. First, the first thing that we notice when Daniel is faced with a life or death situation, the Terminator comes up and says, Daniel, I've been assigned to execute you. What is Daniel's reaction? Well, first, Daniel prays. Daniel becomes somebody who prays first. Why would anybody who's in dire, life-threatening situations stop and get on their knees with a group of friends? Why would we do that? We do that because we believe that God is in control of those who are in control. And when we believe God is in control, it transforms us. We then seek an audience first with the God of the universe, and we become people who depend on prayer. Imagine if you had a direct line to your, your, uh, the president of the United States, and at any moment you could call up the president of the United States and make requests and get information and, and, and the, uh, the amount of power that that would give you. If you're a student at school and you have a personal direct connection with the principal of the entire school, the superintendent of the school district, I mean, you can go to them at any time and you can have conversations. That's, that's kind of incredible. That's something that we would take advantage of. When you have a relationship with the God of the universe and you can enter into the God of the universe's presence at any time, that is the power of prayer. And so when life gets uncertain, we go to the one that is certain. When life is changing, we go to the one that never changes through prayer. How are you doing with prayer? Is prayer a regular part of your life? Is prayer something that you are nourished by and you, you strengthen your connection with Christ through? Or is prayer something that you struggle with? If prayer is a struggle, then you're going to struggle in these uncertain times. And I want to challenge you today, this week, to be intentional in strengthening your prayers. To do whatever it takes to lean in to prayer. When you, get, when you see that newscast on the news and it's got dire predictions, pray first. When you get that phone call about a friend who's sick or is not sure, if they're dealing with this disease that everyone is so scared of right now, pray first. When you don't like what you're hearing from, from uh, leaders and you're being told to do things that you want to do, pray first. If you're having an argument with your spouse, if you're disappointed with the choices that you ki your, your kids are making, if your relationship is falling apart, if you find yourself battling an addiction, pray first. Use prayer, use the power of prayer to transform your life because prayer connects you to the God of the universe. I'm thankful at Branch Life Church that we have a team of people who are dedicated to prayer. They are during this series, during this, uh, this moment right now, praying for our services. 
They are praying every day during this crisis, and they're leading us in times of prayer. You can jump in on the Branch Life prayer page, and you can join that group and be a part of praying every day at 6 a.m. Alex and Alex record a short prayer video, and they use that to start their day. Any point during the day, you can visit that video and lean into prayer. We connect together in our small groups, and we pray together every week. Jump on into one of those groups and begin to improve the way that you pray. You see, if you're struggling to pray by yourself, one of the best things you can do is connect with other people who pray, and that can strengthen your walk with God. Prayer is a powerful part of my story. Prayer is a powerful part of Daniel's story. And when you believe that God is in control of those who are in control, prayer becomes a powerful part of your story. We're going to see later in the book of Daniel how this moment was just the beginning of a lifetime patterned in prayer. And this can be your beginning where prayer becomes one of the most precious practices in your toolbox because prayer is what strengthens you and connects you to the God of the universe. The second thing that happens when we believe that God is in control of those who are in control is our, we worship and rest in who God is. We worship and rest in who God is. You see, when I realize that I can't handle this, when I realize about how little power I have and how little power even the authorities over me have, when I realize that really ultimately it's God who's in control, then I begin to worship that God. I begin to rest in that God. You see, without realizing God's in control, we try to muscle through our problems ourselves. We try to push against things and resist things and control things and manipulate things. And all of that becomes absolutely exhausting. Think about the parent who's just really struggling with their relationship with their kids. And they see their kids going off in different directions and making choices that are heart, uh, heartbreaking and harmful. But as, as a parent, maybe it's an adult child or maybe it's a friend, these parents just have so little impact or control in those choices. I mean, these kids are making choice after choice after choice. But those parents try and they, they go after all kinds of different ways to to come in there and rescue their own children. The greatest thing that you can do to rescue your own children is to worship and rest in God and allow him to rescue your children. Allow God to be the one that does the heavy lifting. Allow God to be the one that you depend on. You see, when we try to control a situation, we are always trying to muscle things in that we don't have enough muscle to move. And we can become broken in that process. Business leaders, administrators, political leaders, community leaders, those of you just trying to lead in your own life or in your own home or in your own relationship. Give control to God. You know, over the past seven weeks or so, as we've entered into this crisis now for almost two months, I've tried to control the situation around me. I'm a pastor of a brand new church. I've got a family that I care about and that I love. 
And I try with everything that I have to protect them, to provide for them, to love my neighbors, to to make sure that the church is healthy and strong, to care for those that God has brought together as our family. And it's one of my greatest joys to do all of those things. But something happened to me this last week that made me realize that I was trying to control these situations. I enjoy going out for a run, and so what I did uh, a couple times a week, and I did just a couple days ago, was decide to go out for a run, and I started, got my running outfit on, put on my special running shoes, strapped my my uh, phone to my arm, and put in my favorite podcast, and I started off for a run, and not 10 steps into that run did I realize something was wrong. Something was desperately wrong, and I was I was dizzy and lightheaded, but I need to tell you something. I am a stubborn runner. It is very, very wrong for my soul to walk when I'm supposed to be running. And so my stubbornness won out over my dizziness, and I decided to push through. The problem didn't get any better as the distance grew longer. As a matter of fact, it became worse. And at one point, I remember slightly losing vision in my peripheral, and I thought, what's wrong? And I said, my armband's on too tight. It must be cutting off my circulation. Yeah, that's it. So I loosened my armband, and I continued to run. I got to the point where the only thing I could focus on was the hitting of my feet to the sidewalk pavement and trying to put one foot in front of the other, in front of the other, in front of the other. Kind of the rest of the world had gone a little bit of gray, but I wasn't going to stop running until I realized that my feet were no longer on the pavement. At some point, and I'm not sure how this happened, I had gotten into the grass four or five steps into it and didn't even realize how I got there. This was the moment that common sense broke down my stubbornness and I stopped running. Something was wrong. So I did the walk of shame back to my house and it was all kind of foggy anyway. And as I got into my house and I sat down, that, that wobbliness didn't really go away. And I, t- I, I, I took to the internet and went to a running club online and said, this is what happened. What's going on? I was hydrated. hydrated. I had eaten well that day. I had had a good night's sleep. This wasn't my first run. I've been exercising regularly. So what's going on, guys? And a wise friend in that running group asked me the question, how's your stress level? I said to myself, stress? I don't get stressed. I'm a Christian. I believe in God and God's in control and and I I trust in him and I rest in him and I, I sleep well at night and I'm not someone who's dealing with stress. And I had to admit in myself, you know what? I'm stressed. And we all are. This is an extremely difficult and hard situation. And this week, my body caught up to the stress level and it told me that you, I needed to rest. That I needed to rest in God. That I needed to take care of myself physically in a moment of stress. And I needed to stop trying to muscle through all of this on my own, but allow God to work in me. He, God is saying to me, be still and know I am God. Be still and know who I am and watch me handle the church and your family and this sickness and this country and your neighbors. Continue to be faithful, but trust me as the one who's in control. You might be trying to muscle through this crisis. You might be trying to control and manipulate and social media post your way through changing things that you disagree with out there. 
I want to encourage you to rest and be still in God this week. When we worship God, we rest in who he is. When Daniel, in Daniel chapter 2, realized that God was in control, he responded with worship. In Daniel chapter 2, in verse 20, we read this. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. And Daniel said, Blessed is the name of God forever and ever. To whom belongs wisdom and might. He changes the times and the season. He removes kings and sets up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals the deep, hidden things. He knows what's in the darkness and the light dwells within him. To you, O God of my fathers, I give thanks and praise for you have given me wisdom and might. You have made known to me what we ask of you. So Daniel worshiped God. In the midst of a life or death situation, he worshiped God and he rested in who God was. God is forever and ever. He's eternal. He's the one with all wisdom and knowledge. And listen to this. He knows what's in the darkness. He knows what's in the storm. And he is the light inside of that darkness. In your darkest days, in your darkest storms, what if we go into the darkness and see the light of God through the storm? God in his infinite power and wisdom is allowing us to travel through this difficult time. God was allowing Daniel to travel through this difficult time. And Daniel prayed first and then worshiped and rested in God. Rested in who he is. One of my favorite songs right now that's making the rounds in the areas of worship is the song called He is Worthy. Listen to this. Do you feel the world is broken? We do. Do you feel the shadows deepen? We do. But do you know that all the dark won't stop the light from getting through? We do. Do you wish that you could see it all made new? We do. Is all creation groaning? Is a new creation coming? Is the glory of the Lord to be the light within our midst? It is. It is good for us to remind ourselves of this. Is anyone worthy? Is anyone whole? Is anyone able to break the seal and open the scroll? He is the Lion of Judah who conquered the grave. He's David's root and the lamb who died to ransom the slave. He is worthy. He is worthy of all blessing and honor and glory. He is worthy. He is. When we worship God, we rest in who God is. If you're struggling in this time of uncertainty, worship God and rest in who he is. Deepen and lean in to your faith. The third thing and the final thing that we want to mention is this. Daniel, when you believe that God's in control of those in control, we respect our God-given authority. We respect our God-given authority. Now, I said the word authority and immediately most of you out there went, ugh. For whatever reason, we have a major problem with authority. And it's, it seems to be a natural phenomenon inside all of us. And it happens when we're small little kids and we're dealing with our parents. The same thing happens when we're in our schools and we have to 
have relationship with our teachers and, and our principals. And then we think we don't have authority issues after that. But yeah, we find out that we do when we're dealing with our bosses or we're dealing with our, our local authorities or our governors or our presidents or whoever it might be. Man, dealing with authority is, is one of the most challenging things. But the way you deal with authority reveals what you believe in your heart. And if you believe that God is in control of those who are in control, then your reaction will be respecting your God-given authority because you believe that God put that person in that place of authority. You didn't get to choose the parents that you have, but God did. For some of you, that causes great joy, and for others of you, that causes great sadness. But yet, God is in control of those who are in control. God sets up kings and tears down kingdoms. And that is the point of this entire dream. God is the one who put King Nebuchadnezzar in his place. And God is the one who would remove King Nebuchadnezzar. God is the one who raises Daniel to this level. And God is the one who would remove him from this level. God has put your pastor in in his place. God has put your parents in this place. God has put your teachers in this place. God has put our county leaders and our governors and our presidents in their place. And our role as Christians, if we believe that, is to respect our God-given authority. You see, in the book of Daniel, Daniel did not disrespect the authority that was literally trying to kill him. He didn't disrespect the head of the guards. He didn't disrespect the king that gave the order. He respectfully approached each one in turn and in position, knowing that that moment could be their last, yet God is in control of those who are in control. In Daniel chapter 2, in verse 49, it says that Daniel made a request of the king, and he appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego over the affairs of the providence in Babylon, and Daniel remained at the king's court. You see, when Daniel interpreted the dream, the king rewarded Daniel, And Daniel was placed in a position of power, serving the very king that sentenced him to death. You see, Daniel didn't rebel against his God-given authority. Daniel respected his God-given authority. I want to encourage you in this season, it can get frustrating when you disagree with authority. It can get frustrating when you think you know more than the people who are in the places of authority know. When you think you've got a better solution or a better way. When you think their decisions are damaging you and your your business and your livelihood and your freedom. But I want to encourage you to realize and remind yourself through prayer and through worship as you rest in who God is, that God is in control of those who are in control. So let's, as Christians, be an example in the way that we respect the authority around us. Kids, in the way that you respect your parents and your teachers, in the way that you respect your bosses, in the way that we respect our government officials. And let's use our words. Let's use our social media posts and our platforms to be people who positively lift up those who are in authority around us. And if we don't have anything good to say, let's just not say anything at all out of respect. On whatever side of the political spectrum you are, God is in control of 
Democrats and Republicans of the United States, of Canada, of Italy, and of China and Russia. He is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We don't have to try to control our leaders. We simply pray and worship God and then respect those who are in authority around us. You see, when you believe that God is in control of those who are in control, it transforms you. It turns you into a person of prayer. A powerful, a powerful tool that you have to connect to the God of the universe. When you believe that God is in control, it allows you to worship and rest in that God. So in this week and in this crisis, lean into prayer and participate in worship. Worship, yes, through song, but worship with your life. The character and the beauty of who God is. And remind yourself of that and those around you. If you have to post something on social media this week, I want to challenge you to post something about the character of God that you have been reminded of that day or in that season. Something about his beauty, something about his power, something about his love. And when you believe that God is in control of those who are in control, it transforms you into a person that respects your God-given authority. And that stands out in this world. That makes you different and special. And the last thing that happens when you believe that God is in control, those are in control, is you introduce others to God. You see, there was another person who lived this life out like Daniel, and that was Jesus himself. Jesus's life was marked by prayer, by worship, and remembering who God was and respecting the authority around him. As a matter of fact, Jesus told us that we needed to respect our God-given authority. Jesus is the one who reminds us to appreciate the leaders that God has put into place. And those leaders would have were the ones that put Jesus to death, yet he treated them with respect. One of the worst emperors in all of Rome was a guy named Nero, Nero who was good at killing Christians. That was who Jesus asked his followers to give respect to. And when we live like Jesus, when we follow the example of Daniel, we then impact people around us. You see, Daniel in chapter 2 became someone who influenced, yes, even a king. In Daniel chapter 2 in verse 46, it says this, after Daniel interpreted the dream and did the impossible, he It says, verse 46, Then King Nebuchadnezzar fell on his face and paid homage to Daniel and commanded that the offering and incense be offered to him. And the king answered and said, Daniel, truly your God is the God of gods and the Lord of kings and the revealer of mysteries. You see, Nebuchadnezzar took one step closer in his relationship with the God of the universe because Daniel believed that God was in control of those who were in control. And it impacted the life of a king. We're going to see next week, and I want to invite you to join us, that this lesson needed to be relearned in the life of Nebuchadnezzar. But Daniel was in place time after time after time to introduce Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, to the God of the universe, to show him God. And when we live this way, we have the opportunity to show others God by living a life that others can be, uh, can be an example to others. When your faith is strengthened, when you lean into prayer and worship and rest and respect, 
it will be a light to other people. The New Testament says, let other people see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Does your words, do your posts, and does your life cause other people to glorify our Father who's in heaven? You know, today, if you're here and you're struggling with faith, I want to invite you into a relationship with God, the God of the universe, the one who sets up kings. I want you to invite you into a place where you can at any point enter into that presence of God through prayer, into worship of that God who is good and eternal and wise and is the light in the darkness. You can begin a relationship with God simply by by praying and accepting God into your life. And I promise you that when you accept God into your life, when you decide to become a follower of God, it transforms everything. doesn't mean that you're going to have an easy life, but you will be in a relationship with the God and creator of the universe. If you're ready to accept God and invite him into your life, even in this moment, would you just bow your head and close your eyes wherever you are and pray this prayer to God? Say, God, I know that I'm a sinner. And I'm sorry for my sin. I believe that you sent Jesus to die and that he rose again for me and for my sins. God, I want to become a follower of Jesus. I want to accept Jesus into my heart. Will you save me? If you pray that prayer, when you confess in your heart and believe with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you are saved. And now your eternity rests in the hands of God. If you have questions or if you want to explore this further, I want to invite you to click on the gospel tab that's being posted on whatever platform you're watching. And there we go into a little bit more explanation and discussion of what it means to become a follower of Jesus and how it transforms your life. And you can let us know there that you've prayed to become a follower of Jesus. You can let us know right now in the comment section at branchlife.church live. You can just indicate that you've prayed a prayer for salvation or you can comment in the, in the comment section, and we have hosts there that will celebrate with you. Today, I prayed that prayer. If you would let us know, we would love to do that, and we can get some resources to you if you request those about strengthening your connection to Christ. And for those of you that believe in God, we want to encourage you in this moment, in this uncertain time, to strengthen your faith by acting out on the belief that you believe God is in control of those who are in control through prayer, through worship, and through respecting your authorities. I hope that this has been an encouragement to you. We're going to dig a little deeper on Wednesday at 7.30 as we study this out in our Daniel Masterclass. You're welcome to be a part of that. And we would ask that everybody who's listening now would take a moment and please respond on line through your response card and let us know that you're here. Let us know that you participated in worship with us today and let us know if there's any way that we can pray for you. Which one of these areas is an area that you're going to work on this week? Leaning into prayer, worshiping and resting in God. That's what I needed to do this week is worship and rest in God or respecting the authority that God has given us for this time and for this season. Would you let us know on the response card which one you're going to work on? 
Thank you guys so much for joining us. I wish we could do this in person, but until now, I am so thankful that we can do this in the meantime online. Pray for the future of Branch Life Church. We are praying for you guys this week. And one more time, we want to say Happy Mother's Day. We hope that you enjoy your impromptu gifts that your kids have found for you during this worship time. Don't forget to take a picture, hashtag Mother's Day, and tag Branch Life Church. We love you. Have a great rest of the day and a good week.